listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Man, it's going to be a good day. Um, I was I was uh, actually thinking of this yesterday on the way back from Palm Beach. <clears throat> Carol and I went away for a couple of days, and um, this just kind of got in my spirit. And uh, we're going to discuss this. I put it in the comments, or I put it in the title the way that I did. Anytime you put anything in the titles now of any social media network, uh, you get censored. Except for Parler, apparently. And I just don't feel like Parler's going to be it, guys. I'm sorry. I just don't feel like they have their act together enough to be the next and up and coming thing. <laughs> Tiffany said, Maddie, the broadcast has never looked so good. <laughs> um, Parlor just doesn't seem to be it. Throw a hand in the comments if, you, if you're with me on that. If you don't even know what it is, throw a question mark up. Um, I just don't think that they were ready. And they've been around for a while and I don't think they're ready for the kind of influx of traffic they're getting. And it just, it, it seems bare bones. I don't think it's enjoyable enough for people to actually want to use it. But the reason I put C19 in the comments or in the title is because if you, uh, if you write any of these things out, if you write the word Trump or Biden or Harris or, you know, whatever, Pence, election, COVID, uh, masks, you get censored. And then there's all those articles that they slap underneath your stuff. So we're going to do our best. We'll see how smart they are. They may just go around us and just use, uh, see, know what we're, we're talking about with C-19. But I'm going to talk about it today. We're going to discuss uh, how and why the enemy used COVID-19, uh, what exactly he's trying to accomplish, and three things in particular I'm going to deal with today, three, three areas uh, that you can clearly see now that we've been around since what March, we've been dealing with this. It's pretty wild. We were finishing a revival in Michigan and it hit, uh, right in the middle of the revival. And I give my hat is off to the pastor who, instead of canceling the revival, uh, kept it going. People were touched, saved. Hey, Shivanika. Good morning. It's Brooklyn on miracle word kids vlog commenting in the comments. And, uh, he kept on going, we kept on moving, and we had uh, the biggest crowds at the end of the week. People were not afraid, came hungry for a move of God, but uh, as soon as I got on the plane back home, uh, that thing was hitting in full force, and so it's been around happening since March, and now that we're this many months deep, you can actually see clearly what it is that the enemy has been trying to do, and of course, we've been saying this the whole time since it's, since it's begun. But I want to deal with these three areas specifically in case people do not uh, clearly understand what's happening, not just in this nation, but around the world and uh, how the enemy has tried to use this and why. The reason I say that is because the Bible tells us that it's important that we're not ignorant of the devil's devices, the Bible says. You don't want to be ignorant of what the devil is trying to do. We understand what it is he's trying to do. If you don't understand the agenda, then you don't understand how to respond. That's the biggest and the most important thing that you need to recognize. If you don't understand the agenda, then you don't understand how to respond. 
And so it's very important that we understand why and what is going on so that we understand as believers how to respond. And that's very important. And so I'm going to show you in the word of God today uh, how we're to respond, but I want you to see why things are happening the way they are. Amen, Karen. I can't wait. We're coming back again, uh, back to Michigan again in 2021. So it's going to be great. We're coming back three times uh, to Michigan. So it's going to be a great year. Uh, and by the way, if you missed what a last week, not this week, but last week, we dealt with an, and give you an entire playlist, how to prepare yourself for 2021, what God has planned for 2021. And I'm pumped up. I can't wait, uh, to see what God's going to do. Hey, Jonathan, love you. And so we're jumping into this today. And by the way, let me say this before I go any further on Monday, the brand new course on Miracle Word University is dropping Divine Prosperity. Very, very excited about that. Uh, this coming Monday, it'll be live in the school. Uh, this is the longest, most extensive course that we've ever done uh, for the school. This one, most of them are, are just over five hours. I think this one's closer to eight or eight and a half hours. We'll know once the, all the edits are completed, but I think this one's closer to eight or eight and a half hours of teaching on divine prosperity drops this Monday. You don't want to miss it. All the information will be at miraclewordu.com. Miracle Word U. Uh, definitely, definitely want to get a hold of that. All right. I want to jump into this three areas that we need to see uh, that are being affected and continually affected because people are not apparently responding uh, the way that we need to be responding. And so some of these things are still happening and need to be dealt with according to the word of God. And we're going to talk about it today. Three ways that the enemy is using or has used um, COVID-19 and then how we need to respond from the word of God. Three ways and why. There's Pastor Kim Gibb. Love you. Hey, we wish we could be with you as well. We love you up there. Bethel Sarnia, Pentecostal church. My God, as a Pentecostal church in the midst of Ontario. And we love pastors Tim and Kim Gibb very much. Um, let's jump in. Three areas now. One of the things that's important is to know if you understand not just the nature of God, but if you understand how the devil tries to function, to fight against the nature of God, you'll be head and shoulders above the average person uh, that's doing their best to live for the Lord. If you understand, listen to me, not just the nature of God, but if you understand how the enemy fights against the nature of God and the plans of God, you'll be head and shoulders above the rest. Because see, notice what Jesus did when he was in the wilderness being tempted of the devil. The Bible says he was tempted of the devil 40 days, 40 nights. He fasted and prayed and the enemy did his best to tempt Jesus to be destroyed in the wilderness. In the midst of his preparation for ministry, the devil worked hard to destroy Christ. But notice this, Jesus was not unaware of what the devil was trying to do. Very, very important. The devil was not unaware of what Jesus was trying to do. He knew and he responded properly. He responded the way we should respond, responded by the word of God. And so I want to show you this three areas where the enemy is 
doing his best to attack and why. You'll see it in a moment, why he's doing these things. I'll show you where and then I'll show you why. Uh, but obviously, the most obvious that we could all see is that the enemy is working hard to attack the church, the gathering of believers. Number one is the church or the gathering of believers. And of course, you know that that is not an option for believers to gather. It's a command in the word of God. And I've been quoting Hebrews 10, 25 since March. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the custom of some, but as you see the day of the Lord approaching, gather all the more. So understand this, the enemy does not want believers to gather. The enemy does not want the church to function. The biggest threat, obviously, the biggest threat to the kingdom of darkness that there is, is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The biggest threat, and I want you to put that in the comments today, the biggest threat that there is to the kingdom of darkness is the church of Jesus Christ. That's the biggest threat. Because understand something, Jesus said it this way, you are the salt and you are the light. You are the salt and you are the light. And so understand this, if the salt's not salty and the lights are turned off, What's the point? What's the point? What's the point of being the salt if you're not salty? What's the point of being the light if you're turned off, if your light's not on? You don't take a light, the Bible says, and hide it underneath. You see what I mean? It's not supposed to be turned off. It's not supposed to be hidden. It's supposed to shine in the darkness. The salt is there to preserve the earth. And so what, what I want you to write in the comments is that the reason I want you to write that the biggest threat there is to the kingdom of darkness is the church. That's the biggest threat. And the devil hates the church. The devil hates the moving of the Holy Spirit. He hates when believers gather together. What, why is that? Let's talk about that for a second. Because the same argument that people make for, well, I can, you know, I don't need to go to church to be spiritual. I don't need to go to church to, to serve the Lord. Well, actually you do. Because the Bible commands us to gather together as believers. So unless we feel like we can just serve the Lord without obeying his word, which we can't do, then you do have to go to church to please the Lord. You know, you got this whole, well, I can ch have church from home, brother. No, no, You're, we're commanded to gather together. It always makes me laugh. It's like people are like, well, you know, brother, in the New Testament, they had church at home. No, they didn't have church at home. They may have gathered in homes at one point, but obviously the church grew outside of homes. Let me ask you a question. And I ask this all the time. Where do you think, whose home do you think they gathered in? after the day of Pentecost, when 3,000 were added to the church. Why do you think even before the church was founded, that people were coming to see Jesus in the wilderness? There was no home that could hold the crowds. They had to gather out in the wilderness or in fields. Did you know that the Bible says there were times they gathered on the shores of the sea to hear Jesus preach? And that's why he pushed out a little bit in a boat to use 
the water and the shore like an amphitheater to carry his voice so he could teach the people. There was no house big enough. In fact, the Bible says that in the uh, parts of, or in the parts of Jesus' ministry where houses were used, the houses weren't even big enough. You see, the Bible says when the paralytic was coming to see Jesus, that he was already in the house. And the Bible says the house was so full that it was overflowing outside. And the only thing they could do was climb onto the roof and tear the roof off. The devil hates the gathering of believers. He hates the church of Jesus Christ. He hates the force of God on the earth. So what does he try to do? He tries to get us to be destroyed or to not gather together. Look at, look at countries that are governed uh, in a place where there's not freedom or, you know, look at countries where it's communist or it's socialist. Look at those nations. What are they trying to do there? Outlaw church. They're outlawing church. Why do you think churches had to go underground in China? Why do you think they hate Christians in other nations? Why is it that you think that there's only protests outside of Christian events? How come atheists don't protest, t- protest at mosques in front of Muslim gatherings? Why do you think they don't do it in other, uh, for other religions? How come there are no atheists? Why is there nobody protesting Hindus? You ever think of those questions? It's because there is only one true and living God. There is only one true uh, power or, or force uh, that's supernatural that is good, and that is God, our God. It's not, not just God. His name is Jehovah. His son's name is Jesus. And so you understand the devil hates the force of the church and he wants to work against the gathering of believers. You ask your question, you ask this, yourself the question, why does he want to work against the gathering of believers? The reason is because there's power in the gathering. There's power in our numbers. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. And so there is multiplied strength when we gather together. There is something called a corporate anointing. There's an anointing when we come together. One can put a thousand, two can put 10,000. So as we gather, there's strength in the power of agreement and we come together. Did you realize there are certain things that we're commanded to do that we cannot even do without coming together? Look at, you know, look at the way that they've tried to, uh, you know, manipulate what the Christians can do during this time, during this COVID-19 outbreak. Look at what they've done. Well, you can't have church. Well, now that you can have church, but you can't sing, you can't come around each other. You can't like literally all these little things are going to happen. All these, it made me laugh. Carol and I were at the store the other day. What did, the, what did they say at the store? Can't, Max, you can't have more than... No more than 2,000 people. <laughs> it's like, okay. No more than 2,000 people. I got you. Meanwhile, we can't have uh, funerals. We can't have church. But you can go to Nordstrom and shop, but no more than 2,000 people. You can go to Walmart, everybody can go to Home Depot, everybody can go to the restaurant, but you can't go to church. And in some of these other nations, you know, it's completely cut off, completely cut off. And so I want you to see this very interesting to me that 
We, we have all these other openings. Well, brother, you know, there are. And listen, there are other detrimental effects. There are, there are, there are uh, personal or individually owned, I should say, businesses that will never reopen. There's, there are restaurants, there are things that they'll never be able to afford to reopen again because of it. But, but don't tell me that it's a total lockdown when you can have thousands of people in a Walmart, you can have thousands of people in a Nordstrom, according to the sign, no more than 2,000 people. Crazy. So you start to realize this, that there is a targeted attack against the church. There's a targeted attack against the church. There's no way anymore to get around it. You can't deny it anymore. When you've got uh, ministers that are being prosecuted now for holding church. It's, it's so funny to me. Let, me. let me tell you something that I think is so ridiculous. So absolutely freaking ridiculous. And that is this. You've got uh, places in, in our nation, in this nation, where they're saying, well, the church is at fault for the spread of COVID. Oh, really? The church is at fault? The church is at fault. For churches that stayed open, you're going to point the figure at the church? Meanwhile, you've got all kinds of Christians, uh, all kinds of people, not just Christians, that are going to Walmart every day. Nobody stopped their grocery shopping. They're still out shopping. They're still out going to restaurants. They're still out doing other things. They're still out. You got people out, out here. Somebody was just telling me the other day uh, that there was an issue with a local school because there were pictures online of all the parents of the children going out to parties and being at parties around hundreds of people, pick, taking the pictures, putting it on uh, Facebook. But nobody points any other fingers than at the church. They want to point their fingers at the churches that didn't close down. But you, nobody's pointing at the parties. Nobody's pointing at Walmart. Nobody's pointing at a restaurant. Nobody's pointing at Nordstrom, all these other places. It's a targeted attack against the church. And if you can't tell that at this point, you're not looking closely enough. The enemy hates the church. The enemy hates the church. And by the way, I've already done a broadcast on whether or not God's judging America or the world with COVID. He's not. And if you want to know why, go back and watch the broadcast. I'm not going to deal with it in this one. But obviously, I'm not teaching or telling people that, well, you know, you have to be careful because to speak against it, because it could be God's using this virus to judge. No, God's not using this virus virus to judge America or judge the world. He's not doing that. He's not doing that. And so it's from the enemy. It's obviously from the enemy and the enemy does not want, does not want the church to, to gather together again. Remember this, there are ordinances of the church that we cannot even carry out unless we gather together. Can't do it. There's things they don't even want us to do. There are things they don't even want us to do. I mean, think about it. They don't want us. I mean, obviously if they don't want us singing in some States, they don't want us singing worship songs. Seriously. Well, you know, if you sing, you might spread the virus. <laughs> I'll take my chances, genius. But forget singing, because we are commanded to praise the Lord. But let's go beyond that. There are ordinances of the church that we cannot even carry out unless we gather together. What are they? Obviously, we can't take communion together. We can't take communion together. We can't serve communion to the people of the church if we're not together. 
We cannot lay our hands on the sick if we're not together. And the Bible commands us. That's actually a command. James chapter five. Are there any sick among you? Go there. I mean, seriously, go to James, New Testament, James chapter five. I want you to see it because you can't do these things. You can't do these things if we're not together. Listen, James five thirteen. is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who's sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. You can't obey that ordinance or that command if you can't gather together. How do you call upon the elders of the church to lay hands upon you if you can't gather together to have hands laid upon you? You can't do it. So you can't have communion. You can't worship together. You can't lay hands on the sick. You can't anoint with oil. That's another one. You can't anoint with oil if you can't gather together. What are we going to anoint you with oil through the phone? We're going to anoint you with oil on live stream. You can't do it if we're not together. And we're being infringed upon by a government that's supposed to be completely separated the state from the church. It's not to, by the way, for anybody that doesn't know, the separation of church and state is not to keep the church out of the state, is to keep the state out of the church. For anybody that doesn't know that, that's what it's there for. Not to keep Christians out of the state, it's to keep the state from messing with the church. It's the whole point of freedom of religion. You can't do it if you're not gathered together. And the devil hates us being gathered together. Hates it. Does not want it. So we can't sing. We cannot uh, take communion together. We cannot lay hands on the sick. We cannot anoint with oil. Let me give you number five. We cannot baptize. What am I going to baptize you over the phone? Am I going to baptize you uh, on the live stream broadcast? You can't baptize if we're not gathered together. I saw a funny meme the other day. It's like social distancing baptisms. And it was like a priest spraying a baby with a super soaker. (laughs) A priest spraying a baby with a super soaker. You can't baptize if you're not gathered together. So here's my question. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to disobey? Am I supposed to disobey the commands of Jesus? To preach the gospel into all the world, those that believe and are baptized will be saved. Those that don't believe will be damned. Am I supposed to just disobey? Well, we're just going to put Christ's commands on pause while the government does their thing. And it blows my mind. You know, it really does blow my mind for every person, every preacher, every Christian that has sat around quoting Romans 13 instead of quoting Acts 5.29. Blows my mind. Well, we need to, be, we need to obey the government. The, the whole Bible, by the way, if you don't know this, the whole Bible, Old and New Testament, is stories about people of God opposing the commands of wicked governments and God blessing them for their rebellion against wicked government edicts. 
If you don't know that, that's been the Old and New Testament alike. It's the same. It's the same. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Esther. Um, Daniel in the lion's den. You go right through the Old Testament. Who, who, was the, who was the one trying to kill the prophets? It was the government, the king and queen, Ahab and Jezebel. So what should the prophets have done? Just surrendered themselves to the gallows? Well, you know, I know we're supposed to obey. Uh, you know, I know we're supposed to obey the government, those that are in authority and the rulers. And I know the rulers don't want any prophets. So come on, guys, let's just kind of surrender ourselves here. Citizens arrest. Let's just go. Uh, let's just go to the gallows. You know, that's the government's desire. No, through the whole Old Testament and the new, you realize we didn't even have the peace of the church until like the third century. They were torturing and killing Christians. The government was. The government was. You understand? The government. They didn't want Jesus preaching. They didn't want the disciples preaching in the name of Jesus. The government. They were killing Christians, crucifying them, feeding them to animals, cutting them in half, all those different things. Did we stop? What does the Bible say in Acts 5, 29? We, are to be, we will obey God rather than men. Paul and Silas, exactly. The whole Bible. So people are bent out of shape. I, I've learned a lot about some, there, there's some people I've learned some things about during this. Is that we need more strong people that are truly strong. Not people that aren't willing to go to jail for things or not, not willing to stand up for things when it's time. Because what are you going to do when things get worse? What are you going to do as we get closer to the return of Christ? We'll find out which people are hirelings and which people are actually called by God. You know, it always makes me laugh that people, people use the term use wisdom. But the thing the Bible says is that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So if, if I agree, we should use wisdom and fear God over men. Fear God. I would be more worried about disobeying the commands of God than I would the commands of men any day of the week. And the devil hates, he hates the gathering of the church. He hates the gathering of believers. He knows we can't do those things. He knows, number one, that we don't have that power of unity, that we don't have that where two or three are gathered together, one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand, power of agreement's broken. He knows we can't lay hands on the sick, he knows we can't take communion, knows we can't anoint with oil, knows we can't baptize. He knows all that, doesn't want the church coming together. He doesn't want the church coming together. So one of the major things we've seen from March till now is we've seen all kinds of churches shut down and stay down. And we've even heard pastors say that, you know, we're going to, uh, we may stay closed even through 2021. I've heard some pastors actually say publicly that they're going to stay closed until halfway through 2021. Literally. I mean, like, their states have said they can, they can open up and they refuse to open up. Well, you know, we're just erring on the side of caution. I heard one past, pastor actually say, uh, we, we're not opening back up till Jesus himself tells me to open. Let me tell you something. He never told you to close. He never told you to close. And so there's a problem when you can go outside and see people gathered in town squares, gathered in cities, either protesting or celebrating. Did you see the celebrations on the quote unquote election results? 
Did you see on social media? Raise a hand in the comments section if you saw the, the celebrations of the quote-unquote election results, because I don't believe they're in yet. We've not seen the election results yet. We will, but we haven't seen them yet until this is sorted out in court. But did you see it? I mean, did you see it? Did you see it? People packed together in city squares, shouting, screaming, and rejoicing over the quote-unquote election results. Where, and, and, you know, very few masks. And people jammed together. Where was the social distancing then? No social distancing. No mask. Nobody gave a crap. Why? Because it's for that purpose. See the difference? It's for that purpose. You see the protesters? You see everybody else on the streets? You see people going out and doing all, burning, looting, destroying, beating people? Where's the social distancing then? It's funny to me, nobody says anything to Antifa or Black Lives Matter when they beat down people on the street. And there's no, why does nobody have anything to say about their social distancing practices? How come nobody has anything to say then? It's all about the purpose that's behind it. And the devil hates the church of God, hates the gathering of believers, hates it. I see Basil Howard Brown, love you. I'm just telling you, the devil hates it. And he hates you and he hates me and what we carry on the inside of us, which is the power of the Holy Ghost. Hates the power of the Holy Ghost. Can't stand it. Cannot stand it. And so I want you to see this. The number one area is the gathering of believers. Do you realize, even my uncles that stayed open that are pastors, my one uncle Tim pastors in... Um, uh, West Virginia, the other uncle, Pastor Terry Shells, with pastors in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You should have seen the hate messages that, that, that they were getting online for keeping their churches open. You guys are the reason people are dying. We hope you all catch diseases and die. And that's the kind of messages that people are sending to Christians who literally just want to gather and worship the Lord. Keep in mind by the way, keep in mind, nobody's being forced to come. So if you feel like staying at home, then, and you stay at home, nobody's putting a gun to anybody's head and saying, you better be in that church building or else you're done. Nobody's doing that. So the people that are there are people that want to be there. They want to be there. Last I checked, it's still a free nation and we still have the freedom to gather unbelievable how foolish people's minds are so skewed that they would even ignore the freedom that we have. I mean, it just like blows my mind. Forget about church. Uh, you know, if you're not a Christian, forget about church. How about just be an American and remember the fact that we have a constitutional freedom to gather. It's unbelievable that people are that foolish that they don't even know fighting against their own freedoms because they're stupid. And the devil hates it. The devil hates the people of God and the moving of the Holy Ghost. And so, why do you think? Why do you think that this has been such a, a, an orchestrated attack? It's orchestrated if you don't know. Absolutely. And I'm at this point, I don't care what people say. You know why I don't care what people say? Because when you look, and, and you know, here, here's the funny thing. We've had viruses around for hundreds of years. There are people that have died of the flu every single year. 
in massive numbers. We've had people die in America of the flu every winter, every year. When I was growing up as a little boy, we'd say, you know, we want to lift up sister so-and-so and sister so-and-so in prayer. They've got the uh, flu real bad. She's got pneumonia. She's in the hospital. The doctor's saying she's in critical condition. We never wore masks to church and we never shut the church down. And it happened every single year, every year. Well, I guess it's just a coincidence. It's happened on one of the most important election years in the history of America. Blows my mind that people are so foolish you can't even see it. People don't even see it. Absolutely crazy. We never shut the church down to, for it. Swine flu, H1N1, all those things. None of this happened. None of this happened. It blows my mind that people can't see it. They don't, they don't understand it. They just don't, they simply don't understand it, that it's an orchestrated attack. When you look, and I don't care, you know, people say, well, you have to understand the stories of people that people did actually lose people. Yes, it is sad when someone loses someone, but understand it's not, it's nothing anywhere worse than anything that we've had in the past. Nothing, nothing. So what they're telling us is, well, the people that were affected the worst are people that already had uh, physical problems in their body. Yes, just like any other time in history. Same thing in the past. If people had the flu hit them real heavily and they had other physical problems, respiratory issues, other issues in their body. Yes, people died in the past as well. It's always sad when people die. It's always sad when people die and people lose their loved ones. I'm not saying it's not. But what I'm saying is how you know it's an orchestrated attack is when you can look at, this, at the, the rate of survival being so high, so high, especially among healthy people to the point where now they're saying that they're actually only really going to give the uh, vaccine to elderly people 65 and above. So when you see that and you see that, uh, you know, the average person has zero like literally many of them now, which this doesn't even make sense to me, but they're saying many people now that get it are asymptomatic. We don't even know we have it, but we have it. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? If I don't have symptoms of something, I don't have it. But this is what they're telling people. And when you see 99.97 survival rate, you know, there's no reason to strap masks on people's faces. I've been, I go out and still to this day, I'm seeing people with rubber gloves, a mask and a face shield. It's like, my God, if you're that afraid of what's going on in the world, you might as well just lock yourself in a room and have Instacart bring you your groceries. If you're that afraid, if you're that scared and the devil hates the church, hates the gathering of believers and doesn't want to see us together, doesn't want to see us together. That's number one. Number two, the second thing the devil used uh, COVID-19 to do is to put a spirit of fear upon the believer. A spirit of fear. And by the way, uh, the Lord spoke to me about this back in March. As, as I told you, I was in revival in Michigan and the Lord spoke to me as soon as I got on the plane to come home. He said, as soon as you get home, start going live every single day and night. And if you, those of you that are on that you remember we did it, uh, we went for like 28 or something straight days on the Spirit of Faith sessions. You remember that. I spoke every morning and every night on the Spirit of Faith. And we dealt with the Spirit of Fear directly. There are still people to this day that are battling a Spirit of Fear because of this. I see people's posts online and it makes me mad at the devil. 
Makes me mad at the devil. I see people that are, the enemy is attacking their mind, attacking their life. Spirit of fear still hitting people and we're in November. We're in November. And there's people posting online, battling in my mind. I'm having panic attacks. I'm having breakdowns. I'm having issues. I'm having, you know, fears hitting me. Anxiety's hitting me. All these, it's an attack of the devil. It's not normal. One person told me anytime I put on a mask, I have a panic attack, an anxiety attack. I saw that posted online. So let me, let me ask you, you think that's normal or do you think it's an attack? It's an attack. It's an attack. And the devil wants to use a spirit of fear to attack God's people. And see, that's why we went hard with the spirit of faith sessions for almost a month straight, twice a day. Because the Lord spoke to me. He said, you just speak and preach faith into the hearts of people and teach them how to walk by a spirit of faith uh, for their entire life and walk by the gift of faith. And so we did it for almost a month, twice a day. And then we moved on to understanding your dominion. That's what we did right after that was done. We went straight from spirit of faith into understanding your dominion. Because if we don't understand our dominion, we'll never take authority over what Christ has given us authority uh, over, which is the works of the devil. He said, I give unto you authority over all the power of the enemy. Nothing. That's right. Pastor Bill Motley said it right. Attack the attacker. When the devil's attacking, attack him back with the word of God and a spirit of faith. The word of God, that's what Jesus did. I've taught on this when he was in the wilderness and the devil was tempting him. Notice what Jesus did. He drew his sword of the spirit. The Bible tells us the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Every time the devil attacked with a temptation, what did Jesus do? He drew the sword of the spirit and attacked the attack with the word of God. He said, it is written. Hallelujah. It is written. Glory to God. And so, what I want to show you by the scripture is that we know how the devil functions and operates. He tries to use a spirit of fear to destroy God's people. You know what happens, don't you? Is if the devil can get you to function in a spirit of fear, what, what does it do? It changes the way you think. It changes the way that you speak. It changes the way that you walk. Three things that are very important. Changes the way that you think. Changes the way that you speak. Changes the way that you walk. I want you to put those three things in the comments section. Changes the way I think, speak, and walk. A spirit of fear does. But it's the same thing a spirit of faith does. The same thing that a spirit of fear does, a spirit of faith does the opposite. They both change the way you think. They both change the way you speak, and they both change the way you walk. That's what the disciples said. They said, we believe, therefore we speak. You will speak and say what you believe to be true. You will say what you believe to be true. If you believe uh, an evil report, as the Bible says, that's what the Bible calls it. It's not a report of unbelief. It's not a report of fear. The Bible calls it an evil report because it contradicts God's word. Anything that contradicts God is evil. 
And that's what they had coming out of the promised land. There's giants in the land. We can't, we can't do it. We can't evil report because God already said it was theirs. And when we believe an evil report, it changes the way we think. Now we start looking in the terms of can't do it, can't do it, won't do it. Well, uh, do you think we can take the promised land? Oh no, there's giants in that land. There were, there we're like grasshoppers in their sight. We can't do it. See what it did? Change the way they thought. Why do you think they were walking that whole time towards the promised land? Because they believed the word of the Lord that he'd given them the promised land. You see that? The reason they were walking toward it is because they believed the word that God gave it to them. But then what happened? Their thinking shifted when they went in to take a look with their natural eyes. And they saw giants. Guess what? Oh, we're like grasshoppers in the sight. We can't take the land. They're, they're dangerous. These guys... Changed the way 10 of them thought. And then what did it do? Changed the way they talked. And then what did it do? It changed the way they walked. Only Joshua and Caleb, and who, by the way, were very frustrated. Especially Caleb. He said, I'm 85 today. I'm stronger than when I was 40. He had to wait 45 years. 45 years to move into his promise because these guys couldn't adjust their brain to the spirit of faith. You understand that? The 10 spies of the 12 had a spirit of fear and it changed the way they thought, the way they spoke and the way they walked. And it affected the whole nation of Israel. It affected everybody from every tribe and they could not enter into their promise because of the fact they allowed themselves to be governed by a spirit of fear instead of a spirit of faith. That's the danger of allowing fear to govern and rule your life. Changes you, the way you think, the way you speak, the way you walk. And I refuse. I, I don't know about anybody else on the broadcast. I'm just telling you today, I refuse to walk in a spirit of fear. I refuse to think that way. I refuse to talk that way. I refuse to walk that way. I'm not doing it. Not going to sit around, well, brother, I got to be careful. You know, he is a healing God, but you know, at the same time, we just got to really, which one do you believe? Which one do you believe? Please rectify both of those statements together. Well, he is a healer, but we still have to be very careful. Why am I being careful if I have a healing covenant with my God? Why am I sitting around speaking fear? acting in fear, walking in fear, expecting in fear. Why am I expecting to get sick? Why am I expecting to get sick? Well, I got to be very careful out there, brother, because you know how we're in this world, huh? even though we're not of the world. Why am I expecting a negative thing, a negative harvest to come into my life? I don't expect it. I don't receive it. Walking by faith. You can't rectify. You cannot put those two statements together and still make sense. Well, you know, we do have a healer, but you got to do it at the same time. No. You know, if that was the case, if we had to live that way, I would never travel to another nation where there were sicknesses and diseases that were communicable because I, we all got to use wisdom. You know, we don't want to go to those places because, you know, you could get sick over there. If that is literally the logic that you would use, there would be many nations where I would never go speak or preach because, you know, there's communicable diseases on, in those nations you just got to be very careful, so it'd be, it'd be wiser to just send the word. No, you go into all the world, and you preach the gospel. 
You don't sit around with a spirit of fear wondering, well, well, brother, you know, we do have a healer, brother, but at the same time, got to remember. Believe what the word says over what the world says. I want you to put that in the comment section and don't ever forget it. I will believe what the word says over what the world says. I will believe what the word says over what the world says. This is huge. And it's so important. I will believe what the word says over what the world says. Because see, this is God's word and he is never wrong. Amen. If you want to always be right, just say what God said. If you want to be right, just say what God said. He's never wrong. I believe what the word says over what the world says. That's exactly it. Put it in the comments and never forget it. Never forget it. I always will believe what the word says over what the world says. And the second thing the devil tried to do with COVID-19 is to put a spirit of fear. There's people to this day, even them knowing what the survival rate is and knowing it's not even what it was back in February. People are still all freaked out. There's people who won't leave their house. We know people. There's people that we have that are extended, extended family that they won't, they won't even have anybody. They won't even have visitors. They won't even talk to anybody. They won't, they won't let people in their house. They're, I mean, they're freaked out. They're scared to death. Why? Spirit of fear. You're walking in a spirit of fear. It's how you live your life. Changes how you think, changes how you speak, changes how you walk. Notice what happened to Peter once he stepped out of the boat. He stepped out of the boat with a spirit of faith and transitioned to a spirit of fear. Have you ever seen that? Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, call me out to come unto you. Jesus said, come. Peter stepped out of the boat with a spirit of faith, did the impossible. Then what happened? He transitioned to a spirit of fear. How did he do it? By looking at the world rather than looking at the word. Jesus is the word made flesh. And he took his eyes off the word and put his eyes on the world. And the moment he did, a spirit of faith transitioned to a spirit of fear and he began to sink. He began to sink. Be very careful that you don't take your eyes off the word and put them on the world. If you don't want to sink, if you want to increase, if you want to grow, don't take your eyes off of the word and put them on the world. Keep your eyes on the word of God and believe it. I believe what God said over what any man said ever, ever. You see, ever. And so I want you to see it today. The devil worked hard to bring a spirit of fear upon, a spirit of heaviness. It goes hand in hand if you didn't know. A spirit of fear and a spirit of heaviness. Both of them, they go hand in hand. And you got to take authority over that and knock it out, keep it out, and walk by faith and joy. Hallelujah. Walking by faith, I'm walking by joy. Jesus' mighty name. I'm not going to let heaviness overtake me. Hallelujah. I want you to put this in the comments as a, as a declaration of faith. Put this in the comments. Faith, peace, and joy are mine. Put that in. Faith, peace, and joy are mine.
Amen. Faith, peace, and joy are mine. Declare it. And don't let it go. Do you know what's interesting? Paul defined this, if you didn't know. Paul defined this and said, Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, listen to Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he said, the kingdom of God is not what you eat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Think about that for a minute. The Apostle Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, defined what the kingdom of God is. He said, it's not what you eat or what you drink. What is it? It's righteousness. It's peace. It's joy in the Holy Ghost. Three things. Notice where the devil tries to steal from most Christians. Steal their position of righteousness. Steal their joy. Steal their peace. He tries to infringe upon what the kingdom of God really is. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I will have faith and peace and joy. They're mine in Jesus' name. And I'll not lose those three. I'll not lose them. I will walk in those three every single day. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Every single day. Amen. It's mine. You declare it too. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine in Jesus' name. That's exactly right. Faith, peace, and joy are mine. And so not only is the devil fighting against the gathering of the church, he's fighting to fill you with a spirit of fear. See, because he knows anything we receive from God must be received by faith. Has to be. Has to be received by faith. And if we don't have that uh, element of faith operating, there's nothing. Let me, let me take you back to James chapter one, one more time. And I'm going to, I'm going to put this in yellow. I'm surprised it's not already in yellow in this Bible. Go with me. James chapter one. Let me read you verses six through eight. Listen. Anybody that's asking anything from the Lord, listen to what James wrote, but let that person ask in faith. This is verses six through eight of James one. Let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the law, the Lord. Verse 8, and he's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Jake, just repent, ask the Lord to forgive you, and keep on running with, in, in, in your Christian life. The Bible says in uh, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So all you do is repent, ask the Lord to forgive you, and keep on living according to the word of God. But notice, when you ask God, you ask him without doubting. And that's, see, that's what the spirit of fear does. It gets you to doubt what God said. That's what happened to Peter. The Lord said, come. He was on his way coming, and all of a sudden, he began to see and believe that over Jesus. He believed the waves over Jesus. 
And it's a mistake. Caused him to begin to sink. Spirit of fear. A spirit of fear causes you to miss out. It gives you what it does. Well, I have faith, but also I'm afraid. I have, it's double-mindedness and you're unstable. You can't receive anything from the Lord unless you're single-minded in purpose. You understand that? And so not only the gathering of believers, not only a spirit of fear, but number three, let me deal with this before we pray today. The third area that the devil has tried to uh, use to destroy us with COVID-19 is a spirit of division. I don't know if you've seen this, but division like we've never seen. There are people divided. We've seen people. I mean, it blows my mind with all of the stuff that's going on. And by the way, it's all interconnected, as I said earlier. Between all the things that are happening in 2020, if you've not noticed this right by now, take a minute and notice it. One of the things that you will see, and it's been happening, is a spirit of division. Division. We've seen it. Look at, look at, the, look at the three main ways we've seen it uh, in, in 2020. I'm going to show you, if you've not seen this, three main ways we've seen division in 2020. We've seen division because of racial tension, number one. Division because of racial tension. Number two, we've seen division because of politics. That's the second thing. Division because of politics. And then thirdly, we've seen division because of this quote-unquote pandemic. Three areas that have caused division, especially in our nation. I'm not... Uh, going to go into depth into all three of those, but obviously you've seen it. Division because of racial tension, division because of political tension, and division because of uh, our health care or whatever you want to call it during this time of COVID-19. And what's the devil using it to do? To even try to bring division among the people of God. Can I, can I tell you something that I honestly believe? I, I truly believe this with all my heart is that the devil knows that he cannot destroy by his own power the church of Jesus Christ. He has no authority to do it. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so I want you to understand this. The devil can't destroy the church. So what does he do? He tries to uh, deceive us so that we defeat ourselves. So, because we're the ones with authority and power so that we defeat ourselves. So what's he doing? He's using this area of division, which brings destruction. By the way, if you're writing in the comments, division brings destruction. Division brings destruction. Division brings destruction. And so what does he do? He tries everything he can to divide God's people. But look at these three areas where, we, by the way, we have seen division in the church. That's what the Bible says, Lenan. A house divided against itself cannot stand. So understand what division does. It tries to put us in a place of destruction. These three areas the enemy has attempted to use in 2020 to divide the church. And I'm going to show you how and why. Number one, racial tension. The devil knows that the average church in America is a multicultural church. Knows it. Can't destroy it. So what does he try to do? Get us to fight against ourselves. 
And the devil knows if he can just stir up racial tension. You see that? Stir up racial tension. Why? Because he knows, listen, who cares? It's not the world. They're already sinners. They're already headed for destruction. They're all, he can destroy them at any moment. He's their father. He's not our father. And so what does he do? Tries to get us to fight against each other with racial tension. And he knows what the church looks like. The church is red, yellow, black, and white. We're all precious in his sight. So what does he do? He tries to bring that division amongst the believers in that surface area of race. Isn't that interesting to you? How we've got people, now there's people all upset. Well, my pastor didn't say the right thing when it came to this. I don't think my pastor was loud enough about this. You know, you can't please everybody. And so some people, their pastor wasn't loud enough about the protests or the racial tension or whatever. Some people, their pastor was too loud. Some people, he didn't say enough. Some people, he said too much. Some people didn't say it the right way. And people got bent out of shape because they're not kingdom first. They're, they're self-focused. They're, they're uh, fleshly beings, carnal, carnally minded. You're not your race, by the way, for everybody that's watching. I'm not my race. You're not your race. I don't define myself by I'm a white male. What a stupid way to define yourself. What a stupid way to define yourself. Black pride, white pride, stupid way to define yourself. I'm not a white male. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. I'm one of the brothers in the body of Christ. I'm a member of the body of Christ, members in particular. Don't define yourself by your skin color. What a stupid thing to do. Don't define yourself by your economic status. Don't define yourself by which side of the tracks you grew up on. Don't define yourself by anything other than the word of God. That's why the Bible teaches that in the kingdom, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's either people that are in the covenant or out of the covenant. That's it. That's it. Don't allow the devil to use a surface level thing to define you and then get you divided against your brothers and sisters because you identify more with that, with the culture than you do with the kingdom. And that's what happens. People identify more with the culture than they do with the kingdom and they divide themselves. Well, I don't think this church, that pastor couldn't know anything about, I'm going to, I'm going to go to a white church. I'm going to go to a black church. I'm gonna, that's not Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost doesn't have black churches. Holy Ghost doesn't have white churches. Holy Ghost doesn't have Puerto Rican churches. He has Holy Ghost churches. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. There's a problem if your church is all white. There's a problem if your church is all black. There's a problem if your church is all Puerto Rican. God didn't call the church to be one color, one creed, one culture. The kingdom is multicultural. It's just what it is. And see, so people get bent out of shape. Well, my pastor doesn't know about the culture, so I'm going to go to a church that has a pastor that knows about the culture. That's the problem. You've prioritized culture above kingdom. And that's why you're a carnal Christian. That's why you'll struggle until you become mature in the faith and do what the Bible says to do. You see? And so he first divided us on our culture. And then what? Then he started to divide us in our politics so that people are hating on each other because of whatever. And then he, def then he started dividing us based upon this pandemic. 
Well, you, there's some church, you should have stayed open. You should have stayed closed. You can't, you can't even please people on that front. There's Christians that think that their pastor should have never opened the church. Of course, they're wrong because Jesus never told you to close. And then there's people mad that their pastor uh, stayed closed. You see what I mean? And so divided us. Three areas that you can see it. Racial tension, political tension, health tension. And the devil knows what he's doing. He's not a dummy. Fighting against the unity of God's people. The unity of the brethren. See, there's power in unity when we are as one. You know, the Holy Ghost didn't even show up in the upper room on the day of Pentecost until they were all in one place in one accord. In one accord. They were in unity. They were ready to receive from the Lord. That's the key. They were in unity in one accord. And so the division that the devil's using to destroy the church is demonic. It's demonic. In these three areas, he wants to attack the gathering of the saints, wants to attack the church, wants to attack you with a spirit of fear, and wants to attack the body of Christ with division. And you've got to understand these things. And you have got to stand against them. So I told you I'd tell you why and then how to fight. I'm going to give you these quickly. Three areas. Number one, the church should be gathering together. You should, in person, church should be gathering together. And I don't care what the government says about it. They're not in charge of the church. They're not in charge of the church. And, and at this point, if your church continues to remain closed and closed and closed, find another church. At least find one until your church opens back up. You might want to think about finding one permanently. Because at this point, what is the point of closing your church down? I mean, what was the point from the beginning? Honestly. We're supposed to gather together. It's a command of Christ, by the way. Need to be together. Need to be gathered. Number two, if a spirit of fear is coming against you, you need to take authority over it. Number one... Uh, as you're dealing with a spirit of fear, if you're not ingesting the word of God on a daily basis, there, you're going to have a deficiency in your spirit. Just like if you didn't eat for a month, your body would feel it. If you're not eating spiritually daily, then your spirit's feeling it. You need to be reading the word of God, praying, and listening to preaching and teaching every single day. That's why I, I commend those of you that watch the broadcast faithfully. You listen to Miracle Word Radio on the app faithfully. You're building up your spirit, man. You can't depend on going to church once a week on Sunday to be enough for your spirit, man. It's not enough. It's not enough. You've got to be doing something on a daily basis to build your spirit, man, and your strength. And so I encourage you, listen to preaching and teaching daily, pray daily, read the word of God daily, and build your faith and cause that spirit of fear to run out of your life. Faith as it grows, as it's building, fear has to go. You fight against it with the word of God. You fight against it with the word of God. The word of God is fuel for your faith. And as you fuel it, fear has to go. As you fuel it, fear has to go in Jesus' name. And then finally, this division. Let me give you uh, just a very, this seems like such a simple instruction. I'm going to give it anyway. Choose not to be offended. 
Just write this in the comments. I won't be offended. I refuse to be offended. Put it in the comments section. I refuse to be offended. In Jesus' name. I won't be offended. I don't care. I don't care. People not, may not agree with me uh, uh, politically. They may not agree with me um, you know, on, on the way that I, the, the stand that I take about what's going on. There's people that are mad. There's people that have already written me this year. They're mad that I didn't say uh, or, or stand up and use my voice in a better way for, you know, whatever cultural group, you name it. They're upset I didn't use it. Some people wrote me direct messages and you're, you're a leader spiritually. You should be using your voice for these cultural groups. I ain't using my voice for cultural groups, using it for the word of God. If you don't like the way that I talk about it, you have an issue. I don't because I'm, I'm teaching what the word of God says. Amen. Amen. I refuse to be offended. And so even though those people wrote me those things, I don't hate them. I'm not mad at them. If I saw them today, I'd give them a hug. Doesn't bother me a bit. I refuse to be offended. And I've taught on this in the broadcast before, and I want you to hear it one more time. There's a difference between offense and being offended. The offense is what's done against you. They committed an offense against you. But then now you have a choice. After an offense has been committed against me, I now have a choice. Will I be offended about the offense? See that. Will I be offended about the offense? And the answer is no. People can commit an offense against me and I won't be offended. I'll continue to walk in love. Might irritate my flesh. Might get me upset for a minute, but I'll, I'll snap out of it. And I won't be offended. You're not going to keep me offended. I'm not going to be offended because somebody committed an offense. And so I want to encourage you very strongly because this will keep you in strength. What I'm teaching right now will keep you in strength. Choose not to be offended. Choose to walk in love. Doesn't matter what they do. Doesn't matter what they say. You know, the disciples asked Jesus, how often we sh should we forgive that, uh, those that forgive, uh, that sin against us? Seven times seven? He said, how about 70 times seven? And that was in one day, each day. So if somebody commits the same sin against you 490 times in one day, still got still to forgive them. Still got to forgive them, Jesus said. It's that 491st time. No, but seriously, you got to choose to walk in love. I will not be offended. I refuse. The devil can't deal with somebody like that. I mean, literally, the devil has no answer for somebody like that, that just continually walks in love. See, the thing is, if you're outside of love, you're outside of God, for God is love. And the Bible says, those who say they love God and hate their brother, they're liars and the love of God's not in them. First John. So I want you to, I want you to hear this today that the devil hates when you walk in love and stay in love because it removes his ability to attack your life and destroy what God's given you. Absolutely removes it. There's nothing the devil can do about it. Build your faith, gather together and walk in love. The devil will not be able to use any weapon against you but you have to respond properly. I'm going to take this, this uh, last part of the broadcast right here because I feel in my spirit to pray. I know there's people still 
to this day, right now, that are being attacked in their mind, in their life, by a spirit of fear, anxiety, heaviness. It's trying to come upon your family members, come upon you. And I'm going to rebuke that thing again today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and command it to loose its grip from your life and from your mind and leave your house, wherever you're watching from, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I take authority today over every attack of the devil against your people. I rebuke this spirit of fear. I take authority over a spirit of heaviness that tries to attack your, your precious children. Today, Lord, I ask you that you would reach out your hand, touch every man and every woman. I loose a spirit of peace. I loose a spirit of joy, as your word declares and calls it, the oil of joy, the anointing of joy and gladness. Let it come upon your people today forcefully. I thank you, Lord, that everything that was troubling their mind looses its grip and goes today in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, just as that evil spirit that troubled Saul's mind had to leave and go off of him, it's coming off of them today in Jesus' name. Lord, we decide. We're walking in peace. We're walking in joy. We're walking in faith. It is ours in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for it. We give you praise. We declare best days are ahead. We're getting ready to run in 2021. But before this year comes to an end, we will not stop experiencing violent increase in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you and we give you praise. If you receive that and believe it, throw some hands up in the comments, throw some fire in the comments and let the Lord know that you're standing in faith today and believe in God for the best days you've ever had. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Right here at the end of this broadcast, I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow a seed by faith as we're believing to step into the greatest impact we've ever made. I just spoke again last week. Amen. It's mine. It's mine. That's right, Zariah. That's right, Shannon, Kayla, Sanjita, Very, Mary Jo. I'm so excited. I can't tell you how excited I am for what God's about to do. I am so pumped up for these doors that are opening and for the opportunities that the Lord has presented to us. We're going to run through by faith. And here's the thing. God has a plan to violently increase you before this year comes to an end. Don't think this year is canceled. It is not. Don't think that you've missed your moment. You have not. This year is going to finish with a bang. It's going to finish with a mighty miracle. That's what I'm declaring believing. And so I want to encourage you right now to sow a seed by faith. Many of you, the Lord's speaking right now. Hold on, scroll right back up above Karen's. Keep going. Lynn quick prayer request. Mother is going in for exploratory colonoscopy tomorrow. For everybody must go in Jesus' name. Lord, touch Lynn mother in Jesus' mighty name. We loose the spirit of faith and we loose the gift of healing and the working of miracles to her now. Touch her body in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you too. God bless you. The Lord is speaking to many of you right now to sow a seed. And I want to encourage you to do it. Many of you, a, a seed of faith, something you've never done before. Take today to do that. As we're coming, what are we coming to, towards the end of November? We're coming into Thanksgiving. God has big things prepared for you. December is going to be a miracle month in Jesus' name. And we're going to finish this year in the overflow in Jesus' mighty name. And so I want to encourage you to take a moment today. Carolyn and I have been praying. We're believing God.
for as we're stepping into 2021, going on television around the world, God is sending people to partner with us from all over. And we thank those of you that are already partnering. But maybe you're watching or listening to this on the podcast and you've not taken a moment to partner with us. Let me encourage you to go to miracleword.com. If you're listening on the podcast, you can always swipe up. And in the description, there's a link you can click to go uh, to that uh, webpage, miracleword.com, and to sow your seed uh, today. If you're in the United States, you can always use Cash App or Venmo, PayPal. The information's on the screen to sow your seed. And we're believing God to not only touch this world. Of course, we're feeding hundreds of children every day, but now sending the gospel soon into 180 plus nations of the world and preaching the gospel and seeing souls saved. We have a a strategy in place to see people discipled in every one of these nations where we're preaching the gospel. We're now, uh, we've increased all of our partnership with Feed the Hungry. It's the best position we've ever been in to bless the world. And you're a part of that. As you sow your seed, God's going to bless you abundantly. Take a moment today, do something you've never done by faith and watch what God will do. For every person partnering with us in the month of November, we're going to be sending you this gift by my friend, Pastor Joel Stockstill. It's a book entitled The Power of Daily Bible Reading. And he wrote this book uh, a little ways, what was it about, a couple, about a year and a half maybe ago, maybe two years ago. And uh, this book is a powerful book, Power of Daily Bible Reading. And uh, we're going to send it to you as our gift to those of you that are partnering. And then, of course, if you'd like to receive that and you have sown a seed or partnered, you can go to miracleword.com forward slash offer and uh, give us uh, your address. Let us know where to send it. and We'll get it out to you ASAP. And also, I wanted to make a mention of this. Uh, Pastor Joel and I are preparing something for the new year. Uh, It's a Bible reading plan we're all going to do together that within 90 days we'll be able to read the entire Bible. Some of you watching, maybe you've never uh, read the entire Bible cover to cover before. This is a great year to start. And so in January, we're going to be starting and to finish in March uh, reading the entire Bible. Also, those of you that are sowing largely $1,000 or more, we're going to be sending you, of course, we only have a few of these left, I think two or three. This is the limited edition hardcover of Further Faster. We're going to send you one of these as well as one of my favorite new Bible study tools, and that is the Life Application Study Bible in genuine leather um, in the New Living Translation. I love these, and uh, it's our gift to you, those of you that are partnering at $1,000 or more. uh, Your seed, we're sending that on top of Pastor Joel's book to tell you that we love you and appreciate you. And... uh, I'm so happy to be back in the studio today. I'll be back again tomorrow in the morning, 10.30 a.m. Friday. It's going to be a great day tomorrow. Don't miss it. I love you guys. Have a wonderful and a powerful day today. Don't forget, by the way, let me say this one more time. This coming Monday, we've got that brand new course on divine prosperity that's going to be dropping on Miracle Word University. All you got to do is go to miraclewordu.com to check out the course. Uh, This is, by the way the most extensive course we've ever released. Uh, Normal course is about five hours. This one's about eight to eight and a half hours. And uh, it's gonna be great. So this coming Monday, it's gonna be available at miraclewordu.com. I'm so excited about that. Can't wait for you guys to get a hold of this. It's gonna open your eyes. And uh, 
not only that, give you an opportunity to be blessed. Uh, if you've never heard this teaching, it's time to go deeper. It will bless you. I love you guys. Have a wonderful day. And I'll talk to you again in the morning. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.